You're listening to Expand Your Horizons, the podcast for English language teachers and wanderlust indulgers. This is Shannon and Lauren, teacher training duo of TempleHorizons.com. Each week, we bring you teaching advice, travel tips, and inspiring stories from around the globe. So here's to making this big world a little smaller by connecting ESL teachers everywhere. Hey, everybody. You are listening to our very first episode of our podcast. This is the Tefl Horizons podcast, Expand Your Horizons. Um, Shannon and Lauren here. We are so excited about this, nervous, proud, just really happy that we can be here and, and share this with you. So thank you so much for listening. Um, in this first episode, I think we really just want to talk a little bit about how we got here and why we're doing this. Um, so I think we're going to start with with what this podcast is. Uh, we started this podcast just because we've had the privilege of working with so many teachers throughout our careers. And we've noticed that um, there's a, a ton and ton and ton of information out there about how to teach, you know, teaching activities that you can find online, all sorts of information. Um, but not all of it is, is quality, <laughs> we could say. Uh, so we really wanted to create something where we were able to deliver really solid teaching and training information to to teachers, to teachers that we've worked with and to other teachers out there, ESL teachers, um, and also to connect teachers to the world, to share some traveling stories and some inspiration. Uh, Lauren, does that sound about right? Yeah, I think that uh, uh, we've been thinking about doing something like this for a long time, um, and recently it's just started taking shape. Um, and we thought, you know, but what better way to share our love of, of teaching and traveling than to uh, to make a podcast and to put it out there for uh, for everyone to listen to? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so important thing probably to know is how we got here, um, what led us to this place. Um, so Lauren, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into this field? How did you get into teaching English as a second language? Uh, sure, yes. Yeah. So uh, about 20 years ago, I, I graduated with a degree uh, with degrees in art and English. So I was basically uh, what my parents uh, like to think of as unemployable after graduation. <laughs> um, uh, and then, I mean, really kind of randomly, I decided to go and, and teach abroad uh, the year after graduation. Um, I don't, I don't, remember exactly all the steps that led up to it, but um, ultimately uh, I decided to go to Romania um, of, of all places. Um, and wow. so... And so you actually went abroad without a certification, you just just went, like just took Yeah, a I just awesome. went um, and I didn't need a certification. They weren't asking for a certification at the time um, uh, because it was kindergarten um, and they, they just needed a native speaker to interact with the children. So I'd signed up for a year. Um, I went, uh, and a year turned into six. Um, <laughs> as, as it does. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. As we all know. <laughs> um, and suddenly I found myself not just abroad, you know, abroad doing the teaching English as a second language thing for a year. I, I found myself actually developing um, into a, a career. Um, and I'm so grateful for my experience in, in Romania because... Um, there, I had the opportunity to work with with children, with adults. Um, I taught business English. Um, I taught English in the oil and gas industry, oh, wow. which was interesting. Wow. Um, so, so that's where I started. Um, and when I came back to the U.S., I didn't know 
teaching ESL was a thing, actually. I didn't know much about the industry here in the U.S. at all. Um, so I started working a temp job, which was just awful. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was it was what it was. And it, luckily, I had a lot of time during that job to, to look online. Um, and I found a, a job on Craigslist, of all oh places. Oh, my God. That's uh, brave. Yeah. For... Um, a summer ESL teacher um, at a language institute in in Boston. Um, And so I interviewed for it, and I started the next week. Um, And I ended up staying there for eight years. Um, And it was the best experience of my entire life. They gave me opportunities that I never thought I'd have. Um, That's where I started uh, teacher training. Um, And... That's where when I really fell in love with with teaching teachers, um, mm-hmm. and I'll be forever grateful to them for for giving me my start and for really believing in me. Um, yeah, that's so amazing. And that's, from there, I know that eventually you you were sort of inspired to do the Delta, yeah. which is the kind of next level of the Celta course. Yeah. So a, a quick a quick story on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to do my Delta, and it was. Uh, it was a little bit pricey for me at the time. I was, you know, I was teaching and paying rent in Boston and you know how that goes. Um, <laughs> so uh, I have a friend named Chris and, and he, uh, he really encouraged me to do my Delta. Um, and he had, he had done it years before and really, really believed in it um, as a means to, to becoming a full-time teacher trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he decided to go back to Poland to teach. And when he did, he left um, like a, a, a card with a letter in it um, with my roommate and told my roommate to give it to me after, I, after he left, after he got on the plane. And she did. And in it was the most beautiful and encouraging letter I've ever received. Um, and, and in addition, a money gift to help me get started on my Delta. Wow. I really, really love that. And I love that this is a field where that happens. Like it's so much more than just work and just school and just training. It's actually this human connection that I think is why so many of us get into this field in the first place um, because we love that. And I love that this is a field where you meet people along the way who who do that, like who lift you up um, to be able to take the next step. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, we're just we're, we're so lucky um, to, to do what we do. Um, and we're so lucky to be able to share that with you. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much how I got started. Uh, I'm, uh, I think that everyone would be also curious to know how you got started, Shannon. Yeah. Um, so my story starts kind of similarly to yours. I was just an English major. I was an English major in college, which means I studied literature more so than grammar, although I've always been kind of a grammar nerd. Um, and long story short, I ended up transferring schools, uh, halfway through college. And so I thought that meant that I would need to take an extra year to get my degree. And um, so sort of like, you know, near the end of my fourth year, I met with my advisor and she told me, yep, you're all set to graduate on time. (laughs) And I sort of said, what? (laughs) Because I I had not at all been expecting to graduate at that point. I thought I sort of had another, at least another half a year to figure out what I wanted to do. So suddenly I had sort of this, this little crisis of, um, you know, I'm about to be turned out into the world with my degree and I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with it, right? Like I know 
a lot about Shakespeare and I'm quickly realizing that nobody cares. <laughs> so I um, didn't know what to do. I basically ended up working all summer at a coffee shop and a restaurant, um, reading a lot, freaking out a lot, and then ended up taking, saving up a bunch of money and taking a, you know, sort of stereotypical backpacking through Europe trip for two months with a good friend of mine. She was one of my, my housemates at the time. Um, and I absolutely fell in love with this idea of traveling and living abroad and met a lot of people who were making it work, you know, who were teaching English, who were doing other things. And it, it just didn't seem as hard as I'd sort of thought that it would be. It, it seemed really easy and really accessible. Uh, and in particular, I fell in love with Budapest. Um, that was one of the cities that we visited on this trip. I spent about three days there and I said, yeah. I like this place. I think I'll move here. <laughs> so I went back to back to the United States. I'd spent all my money at that point, so I needed to save money. Um, got a job in the restaurant industry again for a couple of years, saved up a bunch of money again, and then um, started seriously thinking, okay, it's time to, time to leave, time to go to Budapest, like I said I was going to. And um, so I started looking into certifications because I had never taught before. And I really didn't feel comfortable teaching unless I had some idea of what I was doing and some sort of certificate that I could use to help me get a job. So I found CELTA, um, ended up taking the CELTA course, getting certified. And what I didn't expect, um, because I'd gotten into all of this, I'd really had this idea because I wanted to travel and live abroad. I hadn't expected to actually fall in love with the teaching aspect of it. And on my CELTA course, even, I felt like, okay, I'm in the right place. Like, this is exactly where I should be. This is exactly what I should be doing. Like, this makes sense to me. I like this. And so I, I ended up moving to Budapest and um, sort of like you thinking I would give it a year and then see how I felt and probably come back to the States and get, you know, a quote unquote real job. Um, and I, I loved it. I ended up staying almost five years and um, got my Delta there you know, became sort of a senior teacher, started offering a lot of training to my colleagues and to the other teachers on the staff there and um, really loved it. And then um, ended up coming back to the States to be a CELTA trainer after that. That's amazing. Um, I, as I was listening to Shannon tell her story, which arguably I've heard a few <laughs> times. We know each other pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking of the similarities we have. Um, so if you were listening carefully, um, I spent six years in, in Romania and Shannon spent uh, five years in, in Hungary. Um, but the coincidences um, don't end there. Yeah, which uh, I guess sort of brings us to the story of how we met and yeah. became coworkers and have now launched uh, this adventure together. It is truly better than any love story you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, when Shannon and I first uh, became trainers, uh, CELTA trainers, uh, we were working for the same company. Um, and around that time, uh, someone at the company was coordinating a, a teacher training um, event um, and, and asked us to send in uh, proposals uh, for what we wanted to present um, mm -hmm. at this training. And so uh, Shannon and I both sent in proposals. Uh, we didn't know each other. We right. barely even knew of mm -hmm. each other, um, and we certainly right. had never met at this point. 
Yeah, we, and just to interrupt you for yeah. a second, so how our company, the company we were training for, has locations all over the United States, and we had both been hired to work at a particular location. Oh, yeah, true. Now, every location only has two full-time trainers working there at a given time, and so we were basically, you know, we had signed up to be each other's exclusive only colleague, <laughs> more or less, in the office, and we had never, ever met. So there was sort of a lot riding on whether or not we were going to get along. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. So uh, so this is post having accepted the position in D.C., but pre having met each other. So we send in these proposals. And apparently, uh, we, we both got emails back that we had sent in identical proposals. <laughs> and the person coordinating the event suggested that we just split a session and do a joint, a joint training. Um, so we did. We coordinated through email. Um, you know, sent slides and, and uh, information back and forth, uh, but didn't actually <laughs> put everything together until the night before our training. Um, we, we met up um, over a beer and we, uh, we put together our notes and, and that was that. Um, mm -hmm. And we were ready to present the next day. And that would have been that if that were the only thing that happened. Um, but so <laughs> the part of the story that I love the most, um, we were walking to the center the next morning, uh, aiming to get there a little bit early to set up for the presentation. Uh, and neither of us had, um, had coffee um, or anything to eat. So we stopped in a, into a coffee shop on our way. And there were two cash registers sort of across from one another. So Shannon went to one and I went to the other. Um, and as I was placing my order, um, very specifically, um, a hazelnut coffee and a blueberry bagel, I heard Shannon order exactly the same thing. And I thought, well, I mean, this is meant to be, <laughs> um, and Shannon turned around and looked at me and I looked at her and we knew mm, we're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the rest is history as they say. So after that, we worked together for, I don't know, three full years um, yeah, yeah. in the same city, in the same office. And we just really, we realized, I think, very quickly that we have very complementary strengths. So uh, we work extremely well together and uh, genuinely respect each other as, as humans. Of course, we love each other as humans, but also as trainers. Um, and so as we've sort of started transitioning out of CELTA training um, and into this, we've realized that we this is something that we wanted to start together. Uh, so we, I think we're both just very happy that we get to do that and continue working with each other. Yeah. Um, so this is already so much more teacher talk than either of us <laughs> is used to, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you've ever uh, taken the CELTA course or trained with us, you know exactly what that means. So um, let's get back to, to teaching a little bit. Um, I want to talk a little bit about sort of those teaching realizations maybe so Lauren I know as you said you went into teaching um when you first moved to Romania without a certification um and maybe without really knowing what to expect what would you say was sort of your biggest takeaway from what you learned in your experience teaching or maybe um maybe what was the difference between what you expected going into it and then what it was actually like when I first uh started teaching adults in Romania, actually, I think was my biggest realization because um, I think I had I had thought of the teaching model where, you know, the teacher stands in front of the, the board and lectures. 
um, mm-hmm. and, and teaches from a book. And I, I soon realized that, that that's not teaching at all. Um, and when I first started teaching adults, I realized that uh, relationships really matter. So building that trust with your students um, is key. And also, you know, you wear a lot of hats in the classroom. You're not always at the board. Yes, certainly, you know, you you do want to to be in front of the class and illustrate whatever your whatever concept you're teaching. But you're, uh, I think the the role that I I, I learned to be most comfortable in was um, coordinator mm-hmm. and facilitator, um, and just setting sort of a task in motion and, and letting the students get at it and get their hands dirty. Uh, in that task, and we just kind of um, monitor and floating around the room um, and checking in on the progress um, and and helping them as needed and not trying to control the process too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I just, I thought that teaching was going to be a lot more um, scripted than it yeah, is. Yeah, interesting. And it's not that I, that we go into to lessons unprepared. We have full lesson plans. Right. Um, but... Uh, you can't anticipate everything that's going to come up in a lesson. No, and um, you shouldn't be able to. Absolutely. That's real language. Exactly. Yeah. And at the end of the day, there are real humans sitting in front of you. Um, and uh, their needs are individual and their needs are, are special. And, and I love that. I love that so, so much about teaching is teaching mm-hmm. to the individual. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that experience early on um, because um, it really shaped the the type of teacher I am I think yeah. you know starting with the individual first is really important um, absolutely yeah what about you mine is not shockingly quite similar um, <laughs> not a shock at all <laughs> so I remember when I applied for my Celta course if you've um, if you've done a Celta course you know that the application process is a little bit involved so you actually need to um, do this whole pre-interview task where it's basically like this little test where they ask you questions about grammar and also they ask you to write an essay about teaching ideas. It's The prompt is usually something like, what makes a good lesson, a good English lesson in your opinion? Um, and then you do an interview, which is typically over the phone, where you talk about that task that you did. So I was really comfortable with the grammar aspect of it. Um, and I even done a little bit of research for this task to, you know, refresh my my knowledge of grammar. And then the essay, you know, I wrote my essay and I, I think I'm a okay writer. So I felt pretty good about that too. And then I remember in my interview, the trainer basically said, okay, so your grammar knowledge is very impressive. You know, that's, that's great. Well done. And she said, but I really want to talk about your essay. (laughs) And, um, I said, okay. And she said, you know, you've, you've mentioned some things here, some good things. You've said things like, you know, the teacher needs to be very knowledgeable about grammar. Yes, the teacher needs to um, be very confident. The teacher needs to be kind. The teacher needs to be articulate. She's like, everything you've said in your essay is about the teacher. Have you thought about the students and what they would be doing in your classroom? Wow. (laughs) And I sort of said, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I hadn't. (laughs) Um, And that was a huge, huge sort of epiphany for me that the lesson is not about me as the teacher. The lesson is not at all about what the teacher is doing. The lesson is all about what the students are doing. So I, that was a huge shift for me in understanding. It was my first glimpse into what it means for a lesson to be student-centered. Absolutely. Um, and then from there, I think when I actually 
did the Salta and got some training, my biggest takeaway was this idea of micro stages, uh, which means that in every point in the lesson, there are certain stages, sort of certain steps that you're taking in working through or having the students work through an activity. So first, obviously you have to set up the activity, but then a lot of it is then turned completely over to the students doing the activity. Yes. So yep. setting up the activity, but then the students do it. And then this idea of letting them check in pairs and actually discuss and collaborate on their answers before you then do feedback. So Lauren, it's sort of just like what you were saying about yep. um, the teacher having this role as a facilitator exactly. or a coordinator. Yep and not a lecturer yeah. um, was huge for me. And that I think completely shaped the way that I, I teach um, to make it about the student's experience and the, the student's learning. Yeah, and I think if we were to, to think about sort of an actionable teaching tip here, mm-hmm. uh, we, could, we could tell our listeners, you know, um, if you're the kind of teacher who writes an aim for the lesson, yeah. you know, by the end of the lesson, um, Write it from the student's perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it changes the way you walk into a classroom when you think, okay, by the end of the lesson, students will have practiced reading, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, rather than by the end of the lesson, I will teach them how to do this. Right. We sometimes put too much pressure on ourselves as teachers to be the, the, the person who enlightens our students. Mm-hmm. Our students know language. They know language. They just might not be proficient in, in English yet. Right. Um, so by the end of the lessons, students will have learned is a really, really good place to start. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think completely shifting it to that student's perspective of, okay, if, if I'm a student, what matters to me? Obviously, my teacher's demeanor and my teacher's abilities matter to me. But what matters the most to me is when I leave that class, what can I do or what am I more confident in um, that I couldn't do or that I wasn't confident in when I came into the classroom? And so everything that you do in the lesson should be geared towards achieving that aim of what will the students be able to walk out of the classroom with that they didn't walk in with? And that doesn't involve you talking. (laughs) That involves them doing stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that does it for for this first episode. Um, This was a great experience, I would say, for both of us. Uh, We are going to be releasing these episodes every Tuesday. Um, This was our first one, so that means if you tune in next Tuesday, um, you will get to see or listen to, I guess, um, what we've got coming up for you next. And uh, we're also going to have a blog post with some show notes, so some of the things that we've referenced or that we've talked about will also be in written form for you if you'd like to go back and... Um, review it that way yeah we just want to say again thank you so much for your support thank you for listening we really couldn't uh, do this without you so thank you exactly all right take care everybody and have a great week and uh, keep expanding those horizons (laughs) bye thank you so much for listening your support means everything to us Feel free to leave a comment below if you enjoyed this and let us know what you want to hear about in upcoming episodes. If you know other teachers and travelers, we'd love for you to share this podcast with them too. And tune in this coming Tuesday for our next episode. Until then, you can find us at tuplehorizons.com. So let's keep making this big world smaller by expanding horizons everywhere.